With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. This is not a podcast about best case, worst case. I said on the last pod, Nebraska and Michigan State, that I wouldn't talk about conference expansion, conference realignment, until it happened. Well, not 48 hours later, Washington and Oregon are slated to join the Big Ten. This has been a crazy start to the preseason of college football. We're going to talk about just my reactions and whether I think this is a good move or not, essentially analyzing what this means, analyzing the impact and what it means moving forward. Uh, Again, if you like the podcast and you like the content from this podcast, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, leave a review, leave feedback. Uh, Don't just give a review, but like, don't just rate it, but, but actually talk about it. Share it on social media, Instagram, Twitter. Um, so this has been, there's been some smoke about this all the way since last season when USC and UCLA were added. The the details are as follows. The Big Ten will remain at 14 teams for the 2023-2024 academic year before USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington all join the conference ahead of the 2024-2025 season. So you know those schedules that were released like a month ago? You can pretty much throw them out. Now, the Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti did say that they're not gonna they're not going to start from scratch. That they'll they'll amend the schedules, but they're not gonna just completely get rid of them wholesale. I don't know how they're gonna do that, but it's still like they're gonna try to keep things the way they are and just kind of inject Oregon and Washington in that somehow, some way. And then also kind of keep the the desire of regular regular competition between each team in the Big Ten, which is now the Big 18. They really need to just rename the conference at this point. There's nobody else. There's no other Big 18. There's the Big 12, and you know the Big 12 has been the Big Ten, and da-da-da. Just change the name of the conference at some point. Or just maybe change it to the name Awesome Conference or the North... North by Northwest Conference. I don't know. Um, we 
We will soon be the North by Northwest podcast or the North by Northwest football talk podcast. That's what we're going to rename ourselves as soon as the, the conference changes its name. That being said, what does it mean? What does this mean for these teams, these programs? What does it mean for the Big Ten? And where does the Big Ten go from here? Um, first things first, this is a massive, massive boon for Oregon and Washington. The media, a big reason why this is happening now is really it started with the domino of Colorado. Well, let me rephrase that. It started with USC and UCLA pulling out of the Pac-10, Pac-12. Um, but Colorado pulling out was, I think, the the straw that broke the camel's back. Not because Colorado is super important, but it was just the realization that, hey, this, this thing is not stable. And it was very clear about that because there was no deal on the media rights for the conference. So the only, the only deal that the conference had going into this season, and I think this was for next season as well, like going into this season, next season, was Apple Plus or Apple TV Plus. And you can imagine if it's only a streaming service, you're getting pennies compared to the billions of dollars that the SEC and the Big Ten are getting. And so so you have, there's this reality that your media deal is shrinking, which means your money is shrinking, which means your facilities are going to shrink, your, your impact is going gonna, is gonna to shrink. And... Combine that with the fact that you're already in a conference where your best teams have left. You're in you're in a sinking ship at that point. And so it really wasn't a matter of if Oregon and Washington were going to leave. It wasn't a matter of if the Pac-12 would, would uh, dissolve. It was a matter of when. And Colorado, in a sense, was the Jenga piece that sent everything flying. And Oregon and Washington, from an athletics perspective, from a revenue perspective, are probably the two programs that make the most sense. For for Oregon and Washington, they are the 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 way that the deal is structured, at least from a media rights perspective, is they are going to get $30 million, which pales in comparison to everybody else who's getting 70 in the in the Big 10. Uh they're getting 30 from joining the Big 10 and then they'll they'll get a million more every year until the next media deal which is 2030 2031 where they will receive full shares. The fact that they're willing to take not even 50% of what everybody else is making tells you how much or how little they were going to get from the media deal and how in, unstable the Pac-12 would, or yeah the Pac-12 was going to be they were willing to take more than a 50% cut from teams like Northwestern and Indiana who no offense to the, to them Oregon and Washington I think especially Oregon 
draws way more eyeballs than those two teams. And yet they're getting 70 mil. Oregon and Washington are getting 30. And you got to believe the reason why they're willing to do that is because they realize that the ship that they're on, it's bleeding, it's sinking, and it's, it's going to be done very soon. So this is, this is Oregon and Washington jumping from a sinking ship to like the greatest battleship in terms of media rights right now. Like the SEC, the SEC has a great deal. So I'm, I'm not going to, not going to say that the SEC isn't great, but what the big 10 has done in solidifying itself with CBS, NBC, and Fox is they have, they have made themselves the cash cow and the media darling right now. Like they really have, and they have a good product. And I, I do think Oregon and Washington does help add to that product to some degree. Uh, let's talk about how this is for the Big Ten. I'll be honest, I don't like it that much. And it's it's not because I'm a purist, although I, I do miss, I, I'm starting to miss the days of the Big Ten slash 11 where it was, you know, Penn State was the expansion team. But I, I do question how beneficial this is from both a competitive standpoint as well as a, a money standpoint. Let me, let me start with the money. I, I guess I can see the North, you're getting the Northwest. So you're getting you're capturing that market and in a lot of ways you're solidifying the Pacific coast. And in that you're you are saving money for USC and UCLA because now they don't have to travel you know to the Midwest and to the East Coast for every game for every away game and for their Olympic sports like they can have a pod in the Pacific not not that Washington and Oregon are super close but I mean they're probably closer than Ohio State and Penn State and Rutgers. And I mean, they definitely are closer than those schools. Um, I haven't done the math in terms of like Iowa and, and Nebraska, but it's at least it's at least somewhat closer and they have familiarity with each other and you're you have some natural rivalry there. So that's good. That's good for your your other new additions. But in terms of in terms of media, you're not you're not adding a slam dunk media market. Now, Seattle's good, right? Or and Oregon is more national than it is. Uh, it's Oregon is a national brand because of Phil Knight and Nike. So like that's that's a good thing. But I think if you're going national, you wait for Notre Dame. And that's, that's, to me, I would have sat if I'm just being honest because, like, the Big Ten is in a position of power right now. And you could probably add Oregon and Washington later, quite honestly. Like, Oregon and Washington were desperate. The Big Ten is not hurting for teams. Unless... They had some sort of agreement with USC and UCLA just saying we're going to keep going westward at some point. But I just don't – I don't understand 
I don't understand why the Big Ten would go after these two schools. It's not a – it's better than Cal and Stanford. And now I, there's a huge caveat to Stanford, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, Oregon and Washington, have, they've both been in the playoff. They're both competitive right now. You know, they're both in the hunt for the Pac-12 championship this year. They both have good quarterbacks, uh, or at least semi-good quarterbacks. Apparently, Bo Nix is a Heisman contender. I don't I don't understand it. Um, Michael Penix might be a Heisman contender this year. So, like, they have good programs, good teams. They're inconsistent. They're somewhere between, like, a Michigan State and Wisconsin and a Penn State, Michigan, right? Like, and I I say, I use those schools. Ohio State, even though they've not won the Big Ten the past couple years, they are still the elite name. Michigan has has more than made its case to be the predominant program in in the Big Ten the past two years. But if you're looking longevity the, the past 20 years, it's Ohio State and everybody else, right? But then Penn State and Michigan both can compete in that upper echelon. And I think they both will compete in the upper echelon this year. Um, And then Wisconsin and Michigan State and Iowa, they're like that next tier where they can come up and be a top five team once every few years. And then they kind of slide back to that 15 to 25 range. And there are some years where they're just not even that good. That's that... In a sense, that's Washington and Oregon. Like Oregon has had, I think, more of a run at the top recently, although that's even the past few years, that that has not been true. But I just, I think from a competitive standpoint, I'm like, what do you get by adding essentially two Wisconsins? And again, that's not that's not a knock on Wisconsin. It's just what are you adding? And in, in, from a competitive standpoint, and then here's the kicker: you're not adding any team that gives you another pipeline to a rich recruiting state. Like Washington has a few good prospects every year. Oregon has a few good prospects every year. It's not California. California is a top three state in talent, maybe top four, but they're they're like one of the best and most. Uh, rich states of high school talent, which is why I'm like, if you're going to go after anybody right now, aside from Notre Dame, I think you've got to go for Florida State and Clemson because they give you access to Florida, the Carolinas, they border Georgia, they border Alabama, and that's where you're getting beat on the field is by not being able to recruit those states. And I get, you know, it, it's it's good for balance. It's good for, you know, having more West Coast teams. I get that. But from a financial perspective, it doesn't add much. And from a talent acquisition perspective, it doesn't help your best programs get better. And so from a, and I'm, I'm talking from a, per, particularly football perspective, right? This is a football podcast. I know there's academics involved. 
I know there's other sports involved, right? But let's be, let's be really clear. It is football that pays the bills, right? It is football that pays the checks. And this is a football move, plain and simple. And from a football perspective for the conference, it does not make sense. I think it's a bad move. Be, particularly because the Big Ten doesn't need it. They don't need these schools. And honestly, like Oregon and Washington could have gone with the rest of the Pac-12 to the Big 12. And you know what? The Big Ten would still be able to come knocking at some point if they needed to. Because the Big 12, they, have or- they would have Oregon and Washington. You know what they don't have? They don't have an Ohio State. They don't have a Michigan They don't have a Penn State. They don't have a USC. Those are your schools that are making your money. And I I don't mean that, you know, for for fans of other programs, I know there's big alumni bases at Iowa, at Wisconsin, Michigan State. And so, like, they help your bread and butter, right? But we all know that Without, if Ohio State, Michigan, USC, and Penn State all left the Big Ten today, I'll tell you, the Big Ten's in some trouble. The media rights deal is in trouble. But because they have those four anchor programs, they are rock solid. It's just, you know, it's similar to the SEC. If Bama left, and Georgia left, and LSU left, and Texas A&M left, you'd still, you'd, you'd still have... Other schools, right, that can carry the banner, Florida. And, but ultimately, it would not be – well, Texas changes everything, right? But if you got rid of Texas and you got rid of Bama and you got rid of, like, your, your big schools, it's not as attractive. Like, if Kentucky and Missouri are your headliners for your conference and, and Auburn, like, it's good, but it ain't that great. Like – you're not going to get as many eyeballs. You're not going to get as much attention. Right? The reason why Auburn, I think, was able to have a couple of really great years is because they got a lot of notoriety from being in a conference with other great elite programs. Right? That's why the SEC always gets a bump uh, in rankings and whatnot because everybody knows, oh, well, they're in the same conference as X, Y, and Z. Well, it's the same with Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and and USC, Oregon and Washington don't carry that type of cachet. Not from a blue blood perspective, right? So you're, you could have let Oregon and Washington go. Like you could have let them go to the Big 12 where they're going to compete with Cincinnati for the Big 12 championship. Nothing wrong with Cincinnati. But like, you know, Cincinnati might be one of the better programs in the in the Big 12. Sorry, I'm calling it the Pac-12. Might as well be the, the Big Pack at this point. We're just renaming conferences all over the place. But the reality is you didn't need to get these teams. They don't offer you anything. Which is it just... The reason why this deal was made now, at least from my perspective, is because a ship was sinking. 
Now, I'm sure the Big Ten and the presidents feel like there is much to offer. So again, I'm not... By no means am I saying it's a bad move overall. You know, I know research research pays a lot of bills too. So, but the, the thing that from a football perspective, I think it's a bad move. If Now, if you wanted to add them as you were adding Florida State and Clemson, that's, I think that's great, right? Because then you're getting a pipeline into the South. But like, you don't, you don't need any more media markets. Like you've got the, you've got one in every time zone, except the, the mountain, uh, mountain time zone at this point. Like, why do you need, like, you've got New York, you've got DC, you've got Chicago, you've got LA, you've got Columbus, you've got Philly, you've got Pittsburgh. Why do you need Seattle? Like Seattle doesn't move, it doesn't move the needle as much. So I, I don't get it. I really don't understand it. Um, where does the Big Ten go from here? I think there's, I think there's one one area that they might go, which I think would further be terrible, <laughs> and that's to get Cal and Stanford. Um, I'm a bit relieved that they haven't gotten Cal and Stanford so far, but I, I mean, the whispers are that they might be trying to add both of them too. I think it's a it's an awful awful it it's a bad idea again because you're diluting California. Now, granted, most most of the best players in California aren't going to go to Cal or Stanford unless you have good coaching and unless their programs on the rise. So that that's you know a consideration, but the reality is what do Cal and Stanford offer you from a football perspective? Like Stanford had a really good run, you know, in the in the tens, you know, late two thousands to the the early twenty tens, right? Really good run, dynamic playmakers. Cal hasn't been relevant in like eighteen years, you know, not since Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback there. Um, and Deshaun Jackson was a wide receiver and, uh, you know, maybe 16 years, okay? They're not relevant. So that would be a terrible move. You don't need that market. So, like, don't go there. You either go south or if you really are trying to get Notre Dame, then talk to Stanford and only Stanford and be like, hey, Notre Dame, everything's imploding around you. This is your last chance. You want in? Or you want to just keep playing this independent game where at some point you're going to get frozen out? Because I'll tell you, the ACC is not looking too hot right now. A lot of rumors circulating that FSU and Clemson want to bolt, which is why there was some smoke that Florida State and Clemson were going to leave. Listen, Florida State and Clemson leaves the ACC. The ACC's done. Because the U, as much cachet as the U has, they really don't have as much as you think. Virginia Tech is a shell of themselves. 
you know, and, and Georgia, you know, Georgia Tech is a, is a shell of themselves. You know, you don't have a power program in Florida or in the ACC outside of Clemson and FSU. So I, I think you go for those two, those two teams, or you go for Notre Dame and Stanford, or you know, maybe you go for all four, which would bring you up to twenty-two. But I, I just don't. I, at this point, I'm not even sure if I would agree with adding Notre Dame. I I can see it. I could see a, a reason for it. I just think it's... I think it's a bad move. I think expansion in general for for the Big Ten at some point is... I Here's... Sorry, I'm, I'm verbally, verbally processing my way through this a little bit. Um... Probably the thing I hate most about this is it limits your options. Because if you get too big at some point, either you got to start kicking people out or you've got to reorganize or... And I'm like... I think you needed to wait for Notre Dame. That's I think that's where I'm coming to. I think Notre Dame and then the two southern schools. I really don't like this move. I get why some people are really excited. It's not it's not a bad move in terms of what you're getting. It's it's more this is my problem with it is you're you're taking a uh, an okay deal when I think if you play the long game, you, you you win the college football game, right? You're. It feels like a false start. That's probably the way I'd, I'd, I'd put it. Is it feels like a false start where it's like you're you're on you're on the path of becoming the predominant conference. You're on the path, and you you have a clear, clearly laid path out in front of you. And instead of knowing when to wait, you spring for false starts. The wrong, the wrong idea too. It's like it's it's like withdrawing from a brokerage account two years before the gold rush comes, or like the big, you know, if you just waited a couple more years, you would have had the real payoff. I think. I think that's honestly what happened with the Big Ten. Like, Oregon and Washington weren't going to go to the SEC. And so if ultimately, if you couldn't get Notre Dame, if you couldn't get FSU and and Clemson, I think they're still going to be there. So that's that's my thought. I'd be curious to hear what you think. If you, if you completely disagree with me, that's fine. I'd love to hear about it in the comments. This has been Zach Guggenheim with the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Take care. God bless. Oh.